Okay, so hello and uh, welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series and Podcast. I'm Karis Rea and I'll be filling in for Stacy today, Stacy Roman. I'll be moderating this discussion. We are pleased to have Alexandre Godarcy, author of the new book, Kidnapped in Iraq, A Christian Humanitarian Tells His Story, joining us to tell his story and discuss how Iran's pawns are wreaking havoc throughout the fertile crescent. Mr. Godarcy will speak for 15 minutes, then we'll open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Godarcy. Okay. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm very glad to be among you. Thank you for the interest uh, you give for, for my history. Uh, are you waiting for me to explain a little bit about, about the, the, I mean, the book? Yes, go ahead. Uh, tell us about the book, please. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a humanitarian in a French NGO uh, named, uh, named SOS Eastern Christian. I'm working in, uh, in this NGO since seven years right now. Uh, before I was head of mission in Syria from 2015 to 2020, the goal of the association is to have the Christian to not disappear of the Middle East, because uh, since the beginning of the war in Syria, in Syria you had 10% of Christian, 10% of 22 millions of people, so it means approximately 2 million Christian, and now there are less than 700,000 in Iraq. Uh, before you, before the the war between USA and, and Iraq in 2003, there were also two million on uh, 40 million people. There were there were two million people. Now there are less than 200,000. So they are really disappearing. I'm not saying that just the Christian are suffering from the terrorism. The Muslim also are suffering from the terrorism. The Shias, the Sunni, the, the Ismaili, the Alawi, the all the different sects of the different religion are suffering, but the Christian are clearly disappearing because both of the two biggest branches of Islam are targeting the Christian because for them, this is the spy of the Western countries. For example, in Iraq, the first thing that the Shia and the Sunni did when USA came inside the Iraq is to target the Christian because they say, you are the spy of USA. They are Christian, you are Christian, so of course you work together. This is what happened. This is why they clearly targeted them from the beginning. So we are just trying to sensitive the people about the situation and to have the people, the Christian people to not disappear of the land of their fathers, of their ancestors. This is what we do. So me, I'm in Syria for five years from 2015 to 2020. And I'm also in charge of the development of the association in, in, in countries where we don't exist yet. Now we are in Lebanon, Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, Armenia. Uh, and I'm developing now in Ethiopia and in Pakistan. So I was traveling a lot in the Middle East, not just living in Syria on the front line and uh, under the bombs, under the attacks of the of the terrorists. And uh, suddenly uh, I, I had to go to, to Iraq to open the association in the main office in Baghdad. And I've been kidnapped uh, just four hours after my plane landed on. So it, it, it was... Uh, I was just arrived. I mean, I was not. Uh, uh, I didn't have the time to to be to my first meeting. I was uh, I had a meeting with the uh, diocese with the bishop of the Armenian Catholic Church, 
And on the road, I've been just uh, kidnapped me and my two, my three friends. We were two, uh, three French and one Iraqi translator. And uh, militia uh, took us, uh, kidnapped us in, in their car. And it's and it's been long, like 66 days. So me, what I what I mean is that after all what happened, all the the, the situation. Uh, uh, I decided, uh, because you know, when you are leaving the situation, you don't know if you will die. I mean, right now or tomorrow or, or after a week, uh, the, the, the death is imminent. It's, it, it can come uh, uh, right now. So it's, I, I'm just living in my head at this moment. There is no future. The, the present is very hard to live. I'm just living in the past. I'm just living in my head. I'm just trying to escape by my spirit. And this is why I'm doing in my in my book. The book I, I've I've wrote, I've written, kidnapped in Iraq, is not 330 pages of uh, complaining about my, my 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 hostage situation. This is not the goal of the book. This is not the the testimony I want to give. I just want to give some lights of this complicated situation of the Middle East because I'm living in the past. I'm giving a testimony of what I what I was living inside Syria. Because the conflict, the war in Syria is not understood. The obsession of the whole world was about Bashar al-Assad. And it's clear that he's not a, a nice guy. I mean, or not himself, but his government. There is many things to say. But the obsession was uh, making us blind because the opposition of Bashar al-Assad was clearly uh, the jihadist people that all the Western countries are fighting. This is the same guy who destroyed the, the Twin Towers. This is the same guys who are making um, uh, mass uh, murders in many countries of, of the West in the name of Allah, I don't know what. And you know how, how they do, they behave the people, they, they put you the orange clothes like for, to, remind, uh, to remind us Guantanamo. And the, this is this kind of people that uh, in Syria that, that uh, Bashar al-Assad and his army and his army are fighting. So. Me, I'm really uh, giving through um, through the time I'm passing in my in my jail, if we can call this a jail. I'm, I'm just remembering, uh, reminding the, what, all what happened in Syria when I arrived in this country to to explain the the situation of the of the Syrian people and particularly the Christian between a strong government, a strong regime, and the terrorists that we called for more than now 10 years, the moderate rebels, the free Syrian army, the nice guys, you know, there's the bad guys, the, the good guys, and those guys are, are, are called, are the so-called uh, freedom fighters and this kind of uh, uh, wrong things to not say bad words, but they are clearly beheading people, killing, uh, raping women, making them slave, uh, sexual slave, uh, taking the, the young children, making them like little soldiers of the new caliphate. So the new uh, Muslim empires are trying to, to, to rise, to build. And this is against this kind of guys that uh, the Syrian government was fighting. So it's, uh, it's, it was very important for me to Makes it what we can what we can call in uh, humanitarian work uh, testimony a plaidoyer in French we say a plaidoyer it's a testimony so the testimony of this book is not mine I'm not just trying to give you my testimony like a 
oh, I, I, what a pity. It was so hard to be in this jail. I was helping the Christian and I'm, and I'm just uh, with a gun on my head for 66 days and I don't know what will be tomorrow for me. This is, this is how to catch the, the lector, the, the, the readers, and to, to more to, to test, to, to give a testimony of those people, not me, those people who are suffering, uh, who are victim of, uh, yes, who are suffering, who are dying, who are disappearing in their homeland in a big silence. Because the only focus that we have is that Bashar al-Assad is a bad guy. Okay, he is like Saddam was, but what about the situation now in Iraq? What is the emptiness? What is the, the hold? What is the deep that we let behind us? What was the plan B? Now I can tell you, I can assure you, not just because I was in Iraq for 66 days in their jail, because I was speaking with no one, but the experience I have in all this region is that we regret all Saddam Hussein because it was safe. Now there is no security anymore. You can die just to go to the bakery in front of your house. You never know if you will go back because this is the chaos. This is the anarchy. This is just Islamist Shia fighting against uh, Sunni, uh, Islamist Sunni, and no one is safe. And for this situation, Christians are clearly disappearing and they feel that they have not their place anymore and the people just forgot them. So this is this kind of, uh, this is this kind of, uh, of thing I wanna, I wanna say, not just to speak on my, I mean, on my own uh, words, I'm just giving an echo of what I've heard, what I've, what I've seen when I, when I was over there. Uh, what the people told me to, to say, just let them know. When we were at the beginning of the revolution in Syria in 2011, we were protesters. We were not well organized. We were just against the government because regardless the ethnic, ethnic groups, regardless the sect, the religion, regardless the social position, we were fed up with the government. We wanted freedom. We wanted like in all the different countries in the world, we wanted the democracy, we wanted this kind of freedom. But what um, what was in opposition of the government, we could not control it. And we started to, so, to see many people with big beer, this kind of Wahhabit Salafist people, and those guys were well organized. They were preparing that. They were organized for the moment this kind of revolution would start. So many people were the first one to be in opposition uh, with Bashar al-Assad, were the first to go back to the to the rank of Bashar al-Assad on the side of the government, because they say we are exchanging a government that we don't like for a worst one. And we don't want the Islamic state. We don't want the Sharia to control our people. We don't want this kind of, uh, this is not the freedom that we want. So this is how it happened. The Free Syrian Army, it was a kind of opposition they, 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 they called themselves the Free Syrian Army. It was an opposition, an armed opposition. But they started to open the doors to the jihadists of the whole world, from Afghanistan, Pakistan, from uh, Uzbekistan, from Tunisia, Libya, from everywhere, even from our suburb in Paris, London. There is, there is like more than 19, 19 nationalities over there fighting. So they opened the door to the jihadists to be stronger than the Syrian army. And after those guys who opened the door to them, the Free Syrian army, they, they gave the birth, like you know, a pregnant woman who's giving the birth, they gave the birth to the Jabhat al-Nusra, 
Al-Qaeda in Syria. And they are exactly the same than Daesh, than the Islamic State. It's exactly the same. They, they really opened the door to those guys and they could not control them because when you make 3,000 kilometers walking or by car, I don't know what, to make the jihad in Syria, you don't come just to, to make a fight and to go back. You want to access to your goal and you want Syria becoming an Islamic State. And this is exactly what's happening over there. And this is exactly the situation now. The Syrian army with the, the help of Russia and Iran. And I'm not telling that they, are, they have their, their goals, they have their strategy. But in fact, the people over there, they love them because they're defending them against the terrorism. They're defending them against the Islamists that even us, we don't want to see in our streets. We don't want to see it anymore after what they, what they damaged in, in our country or in yours. So these people are, are uh, recognizing clearly that Russia or Iran are making a good job against these jihadists, these Islamists from Arabia Saudi, Qatar, from Turkey, who are sponsored, supported by these countries. And now since two years, you have big embargo, big economic restrictions, who's, who's uh, following to, who's continuing to kill them. I mean, now the war has been stopped by the guns, their economic restrictions, embargo, the Kaiser plan is uh, is is uh, is burying them. Is is I mean you understand? I don't know if you understand what I mean, but it's like the war was stopped, but in fact it's continuing. It's it continues with the with the restrictions. And people, as they say right now, we don't have any bread. We don't have fuel. We don't have benzene, mazout. We don't have <coughs> uh, we don't have. Uh, um, I mean the the, the devil the, the inflation of the of the money. We were living before with 800 euro dollars per month. Now it's like 40. We are clearly dying, and our situation is even worse than it was when it was at the time of the of the bombs. So they are they are really they are really suffering from suffering from all what's happening right now. And uh, this is what I wanted to to explain in uh, in my book. This is what I wanted to to share with you. I, I don't know if it, it was what you were expecting, but. My book is clearly speaking about that. I mean, you know, it's like a movie. It starts by the kidnapping. But as I told you before, I don't want to speak about myself all the time. After I go and I bring you back to this area in Syria in the time of the war through my story, through my job of humanitarian. Okay, this is this is how it is. It's like a kind of a kind of movie. And sometimes we go back to our jail in Iraq and I bring you back to Syria. I, I hope I was clear, and uh, because my English is not uh, so good, so I hope it was okay. You are definitely clear, and that was a very interesting and and quite a nuanced perspective. Um, we have a bunch of questions for you. Um, our own uh, Dr. Pipes asks: Are you calling for Western governments to accept Al Assad and work with him? In fact, I call the war to, to just be pragmatic, pragmatic, we say like that. I mean, the ideology is killing them. So uh, it, the, 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 the people in Syria, you know, for example, if you just look to the, to the map, even the United Nations and all the, the well-built uh, uh, NGO, very fair, starting to give percentage, numbers, and they were explaining you that 80% of the Syrian territories, the Syrian ground, the Syrian field was taken by Jabhat al-Nusra, it means Al-Qaeda. 
and by uh, Islamic State, 80%. But 80% of the population of Syria were, was where? On the little 20% of the, of, the, of the ground that was covered by the Syrian army. So it means that the people was not fleeing, were, were not escaping uh, Bashar al-Assad. They were escaping the jihadists. This is what I want to say. For example, you saw the yellow jacket in France. You can be against Macron. You can be against George Bush or against uh, Monsieur Obama or I don't know, Monsieur Trump. But tomorrow you have fighters killing you in the name of, of Islam, killing you in the name of God or raping you, making slave, sexual slave with your children. You, would, 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 you, would you choose your Donald Trump even if you don't like him or your Obama or your Hillary Clinton? The, the question is, do you want to die or do you want to survive? So it's not to say that I am supporting Bashar al-Assad. I don't care, in fact, I'm not Syrian, he's not my president. But I understand the people who say, between the bad and the worst, we just want to leave. And we are not in the position to say, you are with or against Bashar al-Assad. This is, this is a criminal attitude. I mean, we have not the right to, in, the, in fact, to judge them for this or to say, uh, do, do, do you mean that it's, uh, no, it's just, we want to leave. We want to leave. Bashar al-Assad is tough, his government is tough. We know what's happening in his jails. We know that the freedom is not like in our countries or of the ideas that we have of the, of, the, of the freedom. But in fact, in front of them, there is the things that you even don't want to see and to live in your nightmares. So just let them free to choose what they want. So this is what I say. So after really, this is the testimony I give. So it's not me personally. I'm not telling that it's good. I'm saying that the guy in front are really cruelly a thousand worse than the Syrian government, unfortunately. Understood. It's a it's a desperate situation for Christians there. Um, uh, Deborah Glazer asks, uh, do you know whether any Christian church leaders of any denomination um, are speaking out about the situation and demanding equal rights for Christians in Muslim majority countries? Um, or do the local Christian leaders, for example, tend to be appeasers uh, in an effort maybe to protect their own populations. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't get clearly the question. You can what, repeat. Yeah, was I cutting out or you just didn't understand the question? Oh, no, for them, uh, no, clearly for us, uh, how, how we started to go to help them. No, it was, uh, this, this is how you, this is what you mean. Why, why no. we've been over, I think whether I think what what uh, our um, attendee is asking is if you know of Christian leaders, maybe in France where you're from, but anywhere else in the world that are trying to draw, draw attention to the plight of Christians, um, like in Syria uh, or in other Muslim majority countries, or do they tend to stay silent, um, even on a local level, in, no, in we, these areas. We, we have some people in France who have kind of an influence who are on this question, who are really involved in this, who are trying to, um, to, 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 to raise a voice, uh, even right now, because of the situation in Azerbaijan against Armenia. They are really clearly killing uh, those poor people in the Artsakh or Karabakh. And, uh, but unfortunately, you know, it's like, it's like the media, it's a way we speak a while because it's the actuality, it's the, it's the news. And after we forget that. And sometimes also for election reasons, because of, you know, politic interest to speak about that. But in fact, really clearly, 
it's not enough and it's not serious. They are dying alone. They are alone, in fact. You, it's you know, for us as a French, it's it links to our history. When we speak about the Crusaders, we just forget to say that the Crusades were an answer to the jihad. Jihad started a long time ago before the answer of the Crusaders, but like four or five hundred years before the answer of the of the Christian Crusaders from Europe. And it was a promise from Saint Louis that was. Uh, renewed by uh, François Premier, François the First, to protect the minorities of the Middle East, particularly the Christian minority. But since a long time, since the French Revolution, particularly, we just forgot that it's an ideology just to finish with the religion. So why to to think about those who are like three, four thousand kilometers from France? No one really cares, and th this is. Uh, Yes, this is this is what I this is what I see, and this is what I uh, what I feel is that really their, their 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 existence is not interesting. We prefer in France to speak about the the Uyghur from the Xinjiang because now it's the time to to hit the China because of their minority. But come on, we have also minority just just right here, and we don't care about them. We are speaking about many, many different minorities, many people. Look at what's happening right now in Armenia, because we are buying the gas, and we want to be hot in winter because of the war in, with Russia and Ukraine. We need the, the gas with Azerbaijan, so we forget the Armenian people, and we let them die. This is, this is what's happening. I see. Um, and how much control, in your experience, do you imagine that Iran currently has over Iraq and Syria? How much control? Does Iran does Iran wield over Iraq and Syria? Ah, uh, for Iran. Mm -hmm. Look, uh, Iran is um, Iran is strong from the weakness. Uh, of the situation of the is strong of the situation of uh, of these countries. For example, if you just look just after the Islamic uh, Revolution, it was very easy for Iran to come to Lebanon, because Lebanon was the most uh, most the biggest space of freedom in the in the in the Middle East. No, not a lot of freedom in Syria, not a lot in Iraq, not a lot even in, in Iran itself, in Jordan. In, but in Lebanon, it was the possibility for them to keep and to, 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 to win a big influence. And uh, with the building the Hezbollah in reaction, it was not difficult because the popular resist, uh, yes, what they call the resistance against the, the Israel invasion because Israel invaded uh, Lebanon uh, in, the, in the 80s. So Hezbollah was built in reaction of that. So it was the, the, the good possibility for Iran to, to, to have a kind of pressure on Israel and to coalize, to unite the Arabic world behind Iran, because Iran has no legitimacy, no legitimacy to fight for the Arab cause. You know, Israel and the Arab countries, Iran is not Arab. They have no common borders with Israel. They are not from the Semitic group. They are not from the same family. They, they don't have the legitimacy, in fact, to, to, to have this fight. So they instrumentalize this cause, this fight, to make their place in the region because it's an imperial power. This is this is how they have been for, for, for in uh, in the whole history, and in Iraq they've been strong because the nationalism uh, Arab that was uh, personalized by Saddam Hussein has been 
kicked out by the USA. So it was good for Iran just to take the place that USA let after hanging Saddam Hussein. Because of, I mean, they, they destroyed the world, in fact. Um, I don't know, it's difficult to be clear. It's not my, my language, but in fact, Saddam Hussein was the worst enemy of Iran. To kill him, it led the space to Iran because 60% of the Iraqi people are Shia and the, the Vatican, like for the Catholic, because the Shia, contrary to the Sunni, they have a church. And the church in Islam is not just religious, it's also politic. So the church of the Shia people, it's in Iran. So you can unite it to your country, the 60% of the Iraqi people that Saddam Hussein was not allowing to. So it was good for Iran that USA struck uh, Iraq. And now in Syria, it's not, it's not, they are not playing the, conf the, the card of the, of, the, of the confession of the sect because the Shia are just 1.5% of people in Syria. So they play just, uh, they, they more play on the, of the unity of the people, but the war is giving them the possibility to fight Israel on the ground, to fight the Sunni who are sent by Qatar, uh, Turkey, and uh, Arabia Saudi. And it's good for them to protect the minorities. Iran is protecting the minorities. What I was saying before, France or the Western countries, they don't care of the Christian. Who cared of the Christian by coming to Syria to help the Syrian? The Russian. Western countries are not helping the Christian anymore. And the Shia people from Islamic Republic of Iran is making the job. So they also raise the picture of we are protecting the minorities. We are the savior of the region. We are the one who are for the unity, for the differences, for the unity of those people who make Syria. So they are applauded by it, even by the Christian. The Christian people in Syria, they like the Shia, they like the, the Iranian. They know also there is a plan behind. They are not naive, but they also like them. You, it's not rare to see a cross with the flag of the Hezbollah because they say they are the guys who saved us from the Wahhabit uh, to, 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 from, from the Wahhabit attack, from the Sunni who are cutting the heads. And they saw this. I have many friends, they saw people taking the, the men and to cut their head and play football with it. But the Shia people, they are clearly fighting them. And that is why Iran is popular and famous. I'm not telling that. They are so powerful because they, they, they missed also money and uh, guns and Israel is attacking them also. And also Russia now, they, they see Iran like a problem in their, um, you know, they, there is a kind of fight of influence between Russia and Iran. They were together against Daesh, but now there is no Daesh. They don't like each other. So, but yes, in fact, I mean, in many countries, they have a good popularity. Interesting. It's, it's, it's so complicated, so much more complicated than uh, it's made out to be, especially in the media here. Um, we're going to go a few minutes over since we started late with technical difficulties. We have so many questions here, but I think we only have time for one more. Um, so one of our attendees asks, he says, as we know, um, all the economic humanitarian help uh, that's meant for people in Assad uh, in Syria, sorry, that's meant for people in Syria, is being monopolized by Assad and his supporters. Very little is sifting through to the people who need it. What is your advice? In fact, the problem is it's not, it's not wrong. I mean, 
when you give, when you send check, you send money, you send transfer by Western Union, I don't know what, and you send money over there, but in Syria or anywhere, of course, there is a lack of money. The situation is so bad. You have economic restriction from the whole world. We are trying by the embargo to make for the government, but we know by experience that when you make a an embargo, you just make stronger the government you want to fight because you are just killing the people and you give more power and influence from the government on the people. We saw in Iraq from the first war of the Gulf to the second one in 2003, when USA came back, what happened? 12 years of economic restriction. They just killed the people. It didn't kill Saddam Hussein. It was stronger on, 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 on his people. So now it's exactly the same thing that's happening in Syria. Uh, the people are just dying, not the government. Be, be sure that Bashar al-Assad is, is eating his three meals per day. No worries for that. It's not affecting him at all. But uh, when you send money, of course, what the restrictions of the, of the United Nations uh, they are taking it back through the humanitarian help or whatever, of course. But us, our association is not to send money. We are from the only one, uh, the, the, one of the rare association who send people over there. We are, for example, me, I was head of mission. Now I'm not, there is a new one, but you are over there and you receive the money. And also you receive the volunteers and the volunteers, they come for free. They are volunteers just work for one year or a few months. And all what we do, we, 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 I mean, we, we, we know what we do with our money. This is why also we make a lot of communication uh, because we want to show to our donors, our donators that look what we do with, with your money. This is how, uh, we're starting, uh, how we started the project. This is how it's going on now. How many houses we rebuilt, how many hospital we, we finance for different materials or materials we, we, we clearly broke from Europe. Uh, how many houses, uh, schools, uh, we, we, we built our um, economy, we, we, we developed like the sumac or the, um, the grapes for making wine, M many, many different things. So yes, it, it's not, I'm sorry, my, my, my answer is, is, is long, but unfortunately when you have a, a country in war, it can be Ukraine, it can be Armenia, even Armenia, even Armenia, when you send, there is a lot of corruption. Even the Armenians themselves they are stolen by Armenian want to say to, to send money to their people. Unfortunately, this is the situation. People are so so poor and they take the benefit wherever they can have it. And of course, the, the Syrian government or any 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 government they, they do this. This is this is not wrong. I mean. Understood. Yeah, we, we we're hearing a lot of reports in the news about you know how much aid to Ukraine is is being siphoned off is not actually getting to the people in need. Um, so obviously, being on the ground there is 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 really one of one of the only ways to guarantee that that people get the resources and the help they deserve. Um, with that, uh, we have to uh, we've come to the close of the webinar. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Gadarsi, for joining us today. Um, I put a link to your book in the chat for anybody who's interested. And for all our viewers, please be on the lookout for our weekly webinar offerings email coming out over the weekend. Thank you all for joining us. And I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Thanks to you too. Merci. Merci.